Welcome everybody to Cairo Live. I'm your host, Dr. Joel Bohemier, uh, where every couple of weeks we're going to be bringing you thought leaders and titans uh, inside of our profession and outside of our profession. And uh, I'm really excited today to introduce to you Dr. Cliff Hardick from London, Ontario. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. He graduated from Logan in 1969. So he's been a chiropractor longer than I've been alive, which is pretty awesome. Uh, he is the current president of uh, the College of Chiropractors of Ontario. Um, and he is the executive chair of Maximize Living. Um, uh, Little known tidbit about Dr. Cliff is that he holds the world record for marathon runners uh, over 60 years of age with a time of two hours and 53 minutes uh, for 26 miles, which is kind of cool. Now, on a personal note, uh, Dr. Cliff actually inspired my dad when my dad was at, at CMCC. Uh, he would go and do talks and inspire the students. My dad was one of those, and he inspired them to, be, to become one uh, principal chiropractor who then influenced hundreds of, chiro hundreds of people to become chiropractors. So I'm very honored uh, to have you on uh, Chiro Live, Dr. Cliff, welcome. Thank you, Joel. I'm uh, here, I'm uh, ready for what you want to shoot. All right, you ready for me, let's do this. So let, just let's start. Why, why did you become a chiropractor in the first place? My uh, first experience with chiropractic was uh, I had uh, problems in both of my feet uh, bilaterally at about uh, the location of my cuboid bone. I'd been to five or six medical specialists who were uh, trying to treat me. The cuboid bones in both feet was uh, uh, moving laterally. And uh, it was uh, my father was a barber and he had a, a customer that was a chiropractor. He related my experience to that chiropractor. So I went to that uh, chiropractor uh, for the cuboid bones in my feet, which is about as far away from the atlas as you can get and stay in the human body. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, but he helped me. And uh, subsequent to that time, many, many years later, uh, I uh, went to that same chiropractor uh, for a crossed eye. Uh, that chiropractor had asked my father if he could check my neck because he noticed my eye was crossed. My father thought that was a peculiar thing for a chiropractor to be checking. And the chiropractor pointed out to my father that my eye wasn't always the same level of deviation. Sometimes it would be greater and sometimes lesser. And my father related to the chiropractor that um, I had had three previous uh, eye surgeries canceled during the pre-op exam and the chiropractor uh, stated to my father that that may be nerve inter interference controlling the muscles that move my eye. So I, uh, just to set the record straight on mind over matter, I went to the chiropractor uh, for uh, an exam one day. He didn't explain anything to me. He was old fashioned. He had communicated with my father. I lied on the table. He put his hand on my neck and he had a zenithylo and he uh, did a toggle and I felt a bunch of springs under my head move and uh, I wondered, uh, what was that? He didn't explain anything. I got up off the table. He did that two or three times and I went back to school in grade nine that year and didn't wear glasses anymore. Uh, the chiropractor never told me about it, nor did my father. I just didn't wear glasses anymore. So uh, many years later, uh, after I went to engineering school, I had had another uh, interlude with that chiropractor and I decided I was going to be a chiropractor. And it was only the night before I was leaving on a Greyhound bus to Logan 
that I was told the story about my eye by my father. Uh, I went to Logan because that chiropractor was a Logan graduate. That was the only reason. Wow, how cool. So were most of the students uh, in chiropractic college that time there because of a result of an amazing experience? Everybody in my class had had a personal experience with a chiropractor and or had a father or extremely close family member, I think probably a father that was a chiropractor. We had one, fee, well, two females in my class. So uh, having a mom for a chiropractor wasn't very prominent in the, in, the, in the 60s. Wow, so what was school like in those days in the 1960s? Was it similar today, different? Well, I haven't been to school for a while, Joel. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it was much different. Uh, we, we all learned about uh, subluxation detection. We all learned about subluxation reduction and or correction thereof. The biggest discussion in chiropractic and during my time in the mid-60s in school was who could correct the subluxation the best or the most efficiently. The, I heard really no discussion about does a subluxation exist or not. I heard no discussion about the fact that they may not exist, they may not be correctable. I heard no discussion about they may not uh, represent an interference with health. That's in the chiropractic school itself. And then when you graduated from there, um, was practicing in the 60s and 70s similar where the chiropractors were grounded in the detection and correction of subluxation? Or was there a gap like there is today? I, I was not aware of a gap. Uh, we, uh, I had some affiliation with uh, Palmer students. I had a, a very strong affiliation with Carver students because the Carver College closed and the Carver students uh, became students at Logan where I was in school. Uh, but when I graduated, I remember looking on the news and the, uh, um, the uh, American Medical Association had had their big annual convention in Chicago in 1969 and they had decided the number one threat, the number one cult threat to the uh, allopathic medical model was chiropractic. And we were labeled as something they were going to try to eliminate. And uh, that was my first uh, uh, thought memory where I can recall any problem between chiropractic and medicine. So even in my time before I went to school, even though I was going to medical specialists for my feet, when I did go to the chiropractor as an alternative method of care, there was no discussion about uh, we do it better or they don't do it better or they don't understand it, we understand it. I received no education about that kind of thing through my whole chiropractic uh, preschool and during school. Now, was that uh, AMA kind of against chiropractors at the time? Was that publicized to where your patients would come in and ask questions? Was that well known or not really? Uh, in Canada, I came to Canada. Well, first I came to Canada, then I went to California to practice. I didn't hear much of it uh, for very long after that. So. Uh, I don't think it got any much traction uh, at all. Uh, this would have been uh, shortly thereafter where the uh, famous Wilkes case started when uh, part of the uh, American uh, Medical Association campaign was to, uh, I remember there was a letter went out that the uh, AMA members were uh, 
instructed to not play golf with with a chiropractor in their country club because that might be perceived as the fact that they endorsed the chiropractor or perhaps even uh, would refer to him or believed in what he was doing. That was one of the things that the Wilkes case was based on. And as a matter of fact, after the antitrust lawsuit was uh, was won, one of the uh, the AMA had to print a retraction of the uh, idea that uh, medical doctors could not associate with chiropractors. You, you might have rubbed off some sanity, some clear clear thinking on them, or something like that. Yeah, 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 I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so, just moving to practice, to you in practice. I mean, you've been in practice for you know, just under 50 years, basically now, 47, 48 years. Uh, what were you great at in practice? What was your thing that you were awesome at? I was probably very good at educating patients about spinal health and the fact that if they were subluxated, it would cause interference of nerve expression to their body uh, from their central nervous system. And if they were subluxated and we could reduce it, that we would uh, increase their central nervous system's ability to respond to its environment in whichever way it chose to. That was the model that I had in the beginning. Uh, the other thing that I would uh, educate people about, including neighbors where I lived that were physicians, was that if a person was subluxated and that subluxation was reduced, all that that person could become was better than they were before they were subluxated. And that was the model that I, that I practiced. And is there any difference in the education you do today compared to, say, in the 60s or 70s, where the patient needs more or less or a different explanation or anything like that? I, I, still, uh, pretty, I still pretty much practice the same model. I'm, uh, I'm not anti-medical. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm anti-drug because uh, in Ontario, uh, having an opinion about the use or not the use of drugs is outside of my scope. I just uh, do believe that you're healthier, and I tell people you're healthier if you don't need surgery and you don't need drugs, and chiropractic being practiced in a wellness model, the idea is to have you healthy enough that you don't need drugs and you don't need surgeries to make your, make your life better. I believe that if you have a drug-free body that has all its parts and you have a brain and a spinal cord that can communicate with your peripheral nerve system, you're, you're in better shape to uh, be healthy. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Is there anything you'd like to redo in practice? Adjust more people than I've already adjusted. Love it. I love it. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. That's about all I want to do. All right. Love it. So, you know, I, I, you know, not that you're old, at, the, at your age now, with all your experience, wisdom, why did you get involved with Maximize Living recently? Uh, so, uh, I appreciate that question. Uh, I was a speaker at uh, Dynamic Essentials. Uh, Dr. Williams had me uh, on the platform either Friday night or Saturday night from about... Uh, 1996 till 2006. I used to watch you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. I uh, hope I inspired some people to Absolutely. do better than they were doing because that's all I, I wanted to do was inspire people to be better than they were uh, or reach more people than they were reaching for whatever reason. But after Dr. Williams died and the DE movement that I knew uh,
waned, I, I felt a little lost. So in my younger days in practice, uh, Jimmy Parker was a great inspiration to me. Even before I graduated from Logan, I remember listening outside in the sun on a, on a phonograph record where we were playing phonographs at 33 RPMs per minute and listened to Jimmy Parker speak uh, uh, in, the, in the mid 60s. So I was listening to uh, Jimmy Parker's uh, um, management style for helping chiropractors become better um, communicators to their patients than they were uh, in uh, clinical practice. And after that, I went to some Parker seminars, and after that, I went to, uh, to see DE. But Parker was, for me, a voice uh, for chiropractic, a voice for what we do to chiropractors to teach chiropractors to be better communicators. Sid Williams also was, for me, a voice. And after Dr. Parker died, and I've been to Dr. Parker's funeral, and I've been to Dr. Williams' funeral, and I've been to uh, Dr. Sigafus's funeral, uh, I just uh, was lost. Chiropractic didn't seem to have this powerful voice anymore. And for about 10 years, I wandered, and I, I didn't wander in my practice. I didn't wander in the mission that I did in the office to serve people, but I was wandering for something to do. Uh, and so I went from uh, 60 to now 70 and thought, I got to do something. And I got to, I just felt this passion to do something that was greater than me uh, to help and serve more people. And when I looked back at my mentors, Dr. Sigafus, Reggie Gold, Dr. Parker, Dr. Sid Williams, the only way I could see to do that would be to reach out to more people exponentially by working with other doctors. When I saw what was going on at Maximize Living, and let's just leave it at that, I saw that this was a place that I could go and expand the vision that I have for chiropractic by reaching more people. So when I went to Maximize Living and I saw the abundance of a very close knit group of about 300 doctors that seemed to me to represent everything I knew and everything I practiced and the way I did things, I wanted to become part of that group. So I stepped up to join Maximize Living as the executive chair because I think Maximize Living and chiropractic need a voice that's a bigger voice than we have now. So not to put anybody else aside in chiropractic. Maximize Living, I think, needs to be totally inclusive of any chiropractor that wants to adjust a vertebra in the spine. If you're that chiropractor, then uh, I want to support what you do. The world needs a voice that's uh, uh, speaking from common ground and not divisive about the way we do it. When I was a student at Logan, the only division was perhaps the way you would correct the subluxation. Everybody pretty well agreed that if you reduced the subluxation and you were adjusting the person the way Carver taught it or the way BJ taught it or the way Hugh Logan taught it, you were improving the patient. I think we need to get back to that common ground that what we all do collectively is for the benefit of the patient. So on that note of, you know, creating a bigger, stronger voice uh, for the chiropractic profession, I mean, every group, every 
uh, conference that I've been to, whether it's DE or Parker or Cairo Europe or uh, CalJAM, and, and they're all awesome. Um, they all talk about changing the world. Chiropractors, we're going to change the world, change the world. Yet, it seems like, like when you look outside on, you know, dealing with patients day in and day out, patients are on more medications today than ever. They have more doctor's visits. They're sicker than ever before. It seems like the pendulum is swinging in the wrong direction away from us towards sick thinking, towards medical thinking, towards outside in thinking, not towards an innate directed life. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, why? I, I, I look at all the chiropractors who want to accomplish this. Why haven't we changed the world yet from your perspective? Okay, so I agree with what you say. There are more people that are out of shape. There are more people that are unfit. There are more people taking more drugs than ever before. There are more people that don't work out, don't exercise. There's probably more brain toxicity now with heavy metal uh, poisoning than we've ever seen before. But on the other side of the scale, we also have a, a greater group of people that are fitter than I used to see in the 60s. I remember getting my picture in the newspaper of the London Free Press because this I was this crazy guy with one other guy that was running out in the snow in the winter. We were oddballs. Today, if you drove down, if, you, if I drive to my office, I don't even notice the people that are running on the sidewalk in the snow because there's lots of them. If you sign it, you can't... Uh, when I first ran my first marathons, it was easy to get into a marathon. Now the Boston Marathon is not registered for 17 and 16. 18 is capped, 2018. So we're seeing a greater wellness model. We have foods like places like Whole Foods, for instance, where we have uh, people that want to be eco-friendly. They don't. We want. We have now people that don't want to pollute our planet. We have waterless toilets. We have more people eating organic food. We have a movement uh, against genetically modified foods. So we have we have both sides of the scale. And, and, and my vision is that we're going to scale up the good side and we're going to play down the bad side. Uh, the people that are on the bad side have uh, listened to the communique that uh, health has something to do with the absence of symptoms. We all in chiropractic know that the absence of symptoms has nothing to do with health. We're not interested in masking symptoms. I'm interested in creating communication and sometimes that you need a symptom so that you're aware your body is, respond, is responding the way your body was designed to respond. Not mask the symptoms so you don't know and your body also doesn't know what's going on. So I think that, and you said to me uh, a minute ago, Joel, I'm not going to take you to task. I've listened for 50 years, over 50 years, that it's, it's chiropractic's time. I want to tell you this. I have never said that. And I'm not ready to say it yet. But from what I have seen, and it's not because of my freaking age, because I think I'm going to be around for a while. I am going to say those words soon. Now, soon might be 10 years. But soon, I am going to say those words. And when I say those words, I'm not going to be on some boat soapbox trying to take credit. I'm going to say those words when I can see that the tide is shifting. Is there a critical mass number like we used to talk? I don't know. Is it 7%? If there is one, is it 11%? I don't know. But I do know that with modern-day communication systems, with the Internet, hey, you know what? The cat's getting out of the bag. 
People can look up the problems with the side effects of drugs for themselves. People can start to see the, 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 the perpetuated things of the past that some of them were untruths. They're going to see for themselves. They're also going to discover things about us for themselves. And we're going to have to become ethical in what we do. We are ethical, but we're going to have to show everybody. We're going to be tested. When, when the medical doctor's patients start going to the chiropractors, when they start losing their patients, we're going to be tested. The principle of what we do is going to be tested. The science of what we do is going to be tested. I believe we have the scientists in our profession that can prove what we do. So I'm not worried about those things. Uh, I'm on a mission. I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to the common ground that principled chiropractors have and I'm going to dedicate the rest of the rest of my life that goes beyond the rest of my life to trying to eliminate the divisive stand that some chiropractors have with one another. You know, we have something that's very autonomous to this profession. BJ Palmer said, what you have before you is sacred. Well, I don't want to use those words because he already used them. What we do have is something that's different that nobody else does. I think this profession owns it. I don't think it's in the public domain. I think you need to be a skilled technician to practice it. I think you need to be a skilled diagnostician, if I can use those words, to practice it. And I think there are more and more institutions that teach that, but there are some that don't. Uh, I happen to believe that the old-fashioned chiropractor, like I am, I am one of them. I, I am aware now that I need some of the other things, like less toxins in my brain. I need to be more physically fit. I need to eat nutritionally better. And all of those things are utilized to support the reduction of the subluxation. Exactly. So that's uh, why I joined maximize living although i still believe the reduction of the subluxation is essential number one and i think that people that aren't part of maximize living they don't think that maximize living chiropractors necessarily think that but i know that because i work in the maximize living office do i think all chiropractors need to do that no i don't because i want to unite come chiropractic on the ground that we have that's in common and we have a lot more common ground than we have ground that's divisive totally totally now now as a profession what can we do as a profession to swing the pendulum in our direction quicker like you said 10 years five years whatever that time frame is is there anything we can do to move it quicker so we get the world and the consciousness to understand that the detection and correction subluxation is the first thing you do with a newborn child and you do it for your whole life. Well, you know, I, I think we need to have a, a, a speakable mission, uh, but we have to also understand, uh, Dr. Bohemier, that there are chiropractors that are ordinary people. Now, you know, uh, you may not be one of them and I may not be one of them. When I say ordinary, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like to be ridiculed. A lot of people uh, like to be accepted. A lot of people don't like or can't take rejection. Those of us that can deal with those things, we have to step up to the plate and yell loud 
so that we make it an easier place for those people that are chiropractors that maybe can't take the kicking as much. So you know what? I don't care if people kick me. It's okay if you kick me. It's okay if you batter me. But I want to be, I want to step up so that we can tell the truth on behalf of the people that are the army of what we do that are working in their offices night and day, day and night, doing what they can that's best. And, you know, I have a lot of good friends that wouldn't want to sit here and talk to you because they might not be good at it. They could be darn good chiropractors. So there's a few of us that have to step up, take the lead, and maybe even align ourselves with leaders of other people who run other kinds of seminars in our profession so that we can help all those chiropractors that need to be supported because they're doing the right thing and we need to support them. And sometimes they need a voice. I want to be part of that voice so those people know there's something that's out there working for them. And that's something for for now, I want to be one of one of, part of that voice. Love it. Well, happy you're with uh, Maximize Living, that's for sure. So uh, just to wrap things up, what, what advice do you have for chiropractors, people out there watching, uh, not just on success in practice, but success in life? I mean, you've, you've done all kinds of things just you know, wonderfully well in your life and you're a great mentor and role model to me and to so many hundreds or thousands of other chiropractors. What's one piece of advice that you can give us and leave us with tonight? Well, lately I've been spending a lot of time thinking about uh, whatever I do moving forward, I want it to be for the betterment of humanity. So if everything I do is to better humanity and I do lesser of things that aren't good for the betterment of humanity, I don't think I can go too far wrong and I don't think I can get too far criticized. Now, I might do some things that I think are in for the betterment of humanity that not the majority of the people believe in because they've been hoodwinked by TV shows and by ads and by movies. Uh, that's okay. I'm still going to work for the better betterment of humanity and we're going to win some of those people over. We're going to win people over because uh, there's very little side effects of chiropractic care. And everybody know you can go on the internet. I don't have to be a spokesperson for side effects of other kinds of, of, of care. I, I live for the day that chiropractic is not just mainstream, but is recognized as mainstream. Chiropractic does not deserve a title of alternative care. I do believe that, you know, some chiropractors have suggested that medical practice should be alternative care. For me, medical practice is alternative care. Medical practice is alternative when the things that I know that have always worked for me don't work or don't help. That doesn't mean that chiropractic doesn't work. And um, so I just want to continue down this road I'm on of doing anything and everything I can to help anybody that I touch make the world a better place for them to live. And if that happens to be being nice to them, I'll be nice to them. If that happens to be reducing a subluxation, then I'm going to reduce the subluxation. If that happens to be giving them a helping hand, if that happens to be opening a door because the lady's 94, I'm going to open the door. That's the way I want to live the rest of my life. However, most of that is going to be motivating, hopefully, 
younger chiropractors that are watching and listening to this become the kind of you that I know they would like to be. Most of us have not become the kind of you we want to be. And I want to do everything I can so you become that you that you want to be. Because it's tough out there listening to your patients drag you down. We've got to constantly be in the place to bring them to where we are. But it's, it's not an easy task. You have to work. You have to be physically fit. You have to have your mind right. You have to have your goals clear. You have to be less cluttered. But I want to do that now, not just for my patients, but for the people that are out there seeing the patients. So they become tougher, they become stronger, and they can do more in their offices every single day to better humanity in their communities. If we live on that and we go forward on that, we're going to kick butt. Love it. Hey, I got one question. Uh, I got one question in from somebody who's watching here. Um, how long you plan on practicing for? Uh, probably till I die. I love it. That's fantastic. That for me, uh, to be honest with you, I uh, I have developed more energy in the last four months. Uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I hit the gym every morning. Uh, workouts don't kill you. Adjustments don't kill you. Running hard doesn't kill you. All these things embrace life. That's right. That's, so, that's why that's why I love you as a role model. I mean, so many of our, our, our role models in chiropractic have given up practice to go help other chiropractors. You're helping other chiropractors, but you're also still in the trenches every single day, and I love it. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate I appreciate your time, Dr. Cliff Hardick. Thank you for coming on uh, Chiro Live for our first our first podcast. That was wonderful. I love the insight. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our page at Maximize Living Chiropractic. Uh, uh, subscribe and like our Facebook page. Uh, every couple of weeks, we're going to have another guest. Our upcoming guests are Billy DeMoss, the wild child in chiropractic, and we also have Roberto Monaco coming up. And uh, we'll let you know uh, we'll, we'll let you know when those occur. So uh, thank you very much. Dr. Cliff, have a great night, and we appreciate your wisdom.